welcome everyone to this week's Citizens Climate University. It's a weekly webinar program on Citizens Climate Lobbies that provides CCL supporters with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. I'm your host, Brett Cease, and tonight's topic is specifically the fourth part in our series on working with Congress, how to lead a lobby meeting. All right, so uh, thank you obviously all for being here tonight for this training. In this lesson, we're gonna go into detail about the special role that you are gonna play as a lobby meeting leader. And again, a reminder, the lead makes sure that our teams go into the meeting with a plan and that everyone knows how to work together to ensure a successful meeting. You might be listening to this call, whether live or later on in the recorded version, because you know you'll be leading a lobby team meeting this June, or maybe because you know you might be needed in this role in the future or you simply want to keep deepening your understanding on how we at CCL Lobby, however and wherever you're entering into tonight's training, we are glad to have you with us. So joining me tonight is our wonderful Northwind Regional Coordinator and personal friend of mine, Mindy Aller. Mindy guides and supports chapter leaders and volunteers in the Northwind region, which includes Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and Nebraska in their incredible work to create a livable world Mindy's project management experience aids her in guiding volunteers to set goals, devise new strategies, and meet their plans, and her technical expertise provides a good platform for supporting volunteers and utilizing tools available to them. With a deep social justice background and experience as a volunteer and community educator, Mindy has additional skills of eviction to motivate and train CCL leaders. If we've done our job well here tonight, at the end of our hour together, we're going to have the chance to highlight the important role that you play as lobby meeting leaders, We'll emphasize and underscore again the importance of advanced planning and some recommendations on how to set that up for the considerations on recommendations that have worked for others. And we'll also demonstrate how to navigate and adapt to some of the potential challenging situations you might encounter as a leader so you can feel more prepared and ready to handle anything. And our agenda is pretty straightforward. We're going to talk first about the importance of you as the meeting lead. We'll then think through some advanced planning suggestions. We'll think about how you can structure your own meeting. And then we'll think through additional leadership considerations with some role models and uh, scenarios on those situations, and then give you some final considerations. Uh, but with that, thanks so much for being here, everyone. I'm going to pass it to Mindy, and we hope you really enjoy your time together with us tonight. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Um, leadership is so essential in our world today. As you know, thoughtful leadership is time consuming. It requires self-reflections as well as getting to know your team. So many of us have stepped out of our comfort zone to be a leader, especially complicated by another year of the pandemic, trying to keep up with the zigs and zags of the congressional reconciliation process. That brings me naturally to a quote by John Woods of Braver Angels that I'd like to share with you. Our nation faces a test right now. You could say it is a test of our commitment to social justice, constitutional liberty, economic survival. Many of these may be right, but more than anything, we face a test of our ability to hold true to the civic conscience of American life that freedom fighters from the revolution to Dr. King and beyond died to give life to. That is an America in which we meet injustice and political differences with moral resolve, coupled with goodwill for our neighbors and commitment to the communities that are the cradles of our shared tomorrow. So this is what your leadership, all CCL leadership is about, a commitment to the communities that are the cradles of our shared tomorrow. First of all, with so much thrown at us today from how to navigate the post-vaccination world to thinking about system changes, we hope you're taking care of yourself and finding your voice and being part of solutions we need. 
the system that we are trying to change at CCL is connected to the other systems we also need to change. Each of you are stepping into the unknown, learning new technology, taking on the responsibility of managing your own team's scheduling process, reaching out and coordinating all of your teammates online, and probably balancing many other different changes. We can't thank you enough for being willing to do just that, to put yourselves on the line to help our lobby meetings go well. We are so incredibly grateful to all of your hard work. You are truly essential, and we couldn't do it without you. So before we jump into tonight's training, we want to make sure to provide a quick review of our advantages as constituent lobbyists as we meet with our members of Congress. Um, a lot of us will feel nervous going into a meeting. I know I do, no matter how many times I've done lobbying. But remember that our advantage is that we're constituents. We're not professional lobbyists. So although we want you to be professional, you don't have to try to be a professional lobbyist. This is true here as it is for our volunteers in Canada, Australia, or any other country. As one of our admirers in Congress have continually shared with his colleagues, these lobbyists, CCL, are seeing us on their own dime. Relax and be yourself. Um, do whatever helps get you into that empowering listening place ahead of your meeting. I personally take some deep breaths and focus on gratitude for the team that we have. What part, uh, part, of, part of what sets CCL apart in the eyes of the congressional offices is that we are ordinary people who care deeply about humanity. As humans, we should accept there will be mistakes. You'll make mistakes and your teammates will. There will be things your team will say that could have been said better. Um, and we'll show you how to handle this situation in training. But we're building relationships. So be human and embrace whatever happens. In the short amount of time that you are in an actual meeting, how you facilitate that meeting is important. So let's step back and consider the bigger picture for just a moment. The bigger picture is this, you as meeting leaders are well positioned to nurture and empower others. So make it one of your goals to mentor or nurture the lobby team so they build their capacity for this work. How does, meeting, how does a meeting lead help others grow and empower them? the best leaders show faith in those around them. And that's what we're asking you to do. Having faith in others means you know there are going to be some coachable moments. To feel empowered, people need to be put into situations where they can both succeed and fail and where failure is just part of our learning experience. So as leaders, your role is to bring out the best in people. You can do this during planning or practice, during the meeting and after the meeting. The meeting leader is like a conductor um, the, the leader's there to manage the meeting, not dominate the meeting. There will be exceptions, such as when there's a long established relationship and expertise on the topic that's been ongoing between the leader and the office. But this means that the leader is not necessarily the one who talks the most, but who is in charge of the transition points of the meeting between speakers, between roles, getting the conversation back on track wrapping things up, cueing people verbally or in online meetings, finding a nonverbal way to, to uh, chat with your, with your teammates whenever they're talking too long. So if constituents and liaison are present, the leader also ensures the constituents are heard from. So you're conducting your choir, conducting your orchestra, not necessarily doing all the talking. So 
It's helpful to look for facial and body cues in face-to-face -face meetings. They're a little harder on Zoom, but sometimes consider um, when we're preparing for face-to-face -face meetings on the Hill, which maybe some of you are, um, I'll ask my team to look to see who the staff or member of Congress appears most interested in hearing from. What do they look at the most? That person needs to speak up more than the original plan. Or if you see them respond to something someone in the group has, has said, ask them to say more. The leader should be able to understand the meeting situation and respond accordingly. The goal of deepening relationships should always be at the forefront of your lobby team's mind. Lastly, given the strong relationships we've built over the past decade across Congress, as leaders, we can move forward with confidence that we have the policy acumen, the skill set, and the grassroots to support to pass effective legislation such as carbon dividend bills. On the final example of the joy of being a leader comes from the empowerment and mentoring of young adults that you hopefully will have the chance to work with in your meeting. An example of this is that you can help younger people feel a part of the team. Uh, one way to do that is through technology. They can contribute so much in that area and feel great about it. CCL recommends including a volunteer in each meeting who will solely be helping your team with managing the technology platform that is for your virtual meetings. So now to Brett for some advanced planning. Hey, thank you. We'll do this advanced planning section and then we'll pause for Q&A here too. So start thinking about any questions that uh, you may have based on what Mindy's already shared. Um, and we'll make sure to get to all of them before we keep moving on because I know that there's a lot to cover tonight. So um, let's jump in, obviously, with some important considerations to keep in mind as you help your team in advance here. And obviously, the time you take now to plan ahead of your meeting is going to help you feel empowered and the rest of your team know how to work together to be on that shared stage for your important moment to shine. So a couple of quick reminders about our trainings ahead of June Lobby Days. I'm guessing that all of this is probably uh, familiar for everyone that's on the call or listening in. Uh, but just in case you've missed uh, lobby training one and two, um, we basically have those available. You're more than welcome to check those out. Um, I'll put a link where you can find um, all of the information about preparing for lobby days, including these trainings in the chat. Um, in the first one, uh, Dr. Richter reviewed overall CCL's legislative plan heading into the summer of 2022, especially as we continue to wait to see what happens with reconciliation, um, approaching the midterms and all these other details up to the moment in Congress. And then this most recent one, just last week at the same time as tonight, um, we reviewed all of our primary and supporting asks. So especially if you want more context about the nuances behind those asks and why CCL selected what we have and even the specific segments by which each of the members of Congress are being engaged, since this year the asks depend on if you're meeting with a Republican and Democrat, et cetera, um, we do refer you to those two trainings. And then for anyone on your team that hasn't yet taken the online climate advocate training, um, I'm just realizing that uh, I advanced the slide here, we uh, would recommend that you also check that out. So um, if you're having a hard time finding that, I'll also put a link to that in the chat, uh, but that is a two and a half hour workshop. We're also offering it at the conference. Um, so if you are joining us uh, either live or virtually for the conference, um, that's another wonderful place that you can see it. Um, it's also available at this link on demand if you don't have time that day. Um, that is the one requirement that we ask all lobby attendees to check out um, before they actually participate in one of CCL's lobby meetings. So with all of that background um, highlighted, 
let's talk a little bit more about some of the other considerations um, that you want to think through to decide kind of right off the bat. The first thing uh, that I'm guessing has already been decided, but just to clarify again, if it hasn't, to check in with your liaison or your state coordinator is whether your meeting this year is happening in person or online. Uh, we are hearing about a third of our meetings, a little under that, um, are going to be happening on the Hill for the first time um, in two plus years. So we're really excited about that. Uh, but that still means that the majority of our meetings are going to be happening virtually still. So a lot of what we're going to be walking through applies to both, but I will consider um, some virtual considerations in particular on the next couple slides after this. Um, after you establish that, you want to think through who wants to get involved. You have a lot of young adults in your chapter that have recently gotten engaged that want to share their story. Um, do you have community leaders that you can tap into as trusted messengers to make sure that they can highlight their support as a way for the member of Congress or their staff to really help understand the support in the district that's behind this policy or your main ask? And then once you really set the schedule or the uh, actual kind of roster, if you will, for who you'd like to have on your team, the next thing is to think through who and how to coordinate scheduling everyone so that you can find a time when you're all available to start with some advanced planning that we'll get through. And you can do that again through a poll online like Google. You can reach out to individuals to figure out their one-on-one, -on -one. Uh, but it's really up to you often as the meeting lead to start thinking through how you want to coordinate and make sure that people are getting together and having multiple times to really talk and think through and immerse themselves as a team to build that solidarity and that sense of communication ahead of actually showing up to DC. Um, so again, as a reminder, as far as timing as well, large groups are being scheduled the full week of June 13th, um, but you are welcome, especially if the office recommends a different week in June, um, you do not have to necessarily coincide. The benefit of having so many of these meetings virtually is that they don't all have to be on the same fly-in day on the Hill. Um, so if you're offered a different time and you're working with a scheduler or your liaison has a different date, that's entirely okay. It doesn't have to be the week of the 13th of June. So with all of that being said, uh, let's kind of think through a couple of the other review items here, uh, which is if you're meeting online, where do you actually want to meet? Now we recommend, obviously, if you're meeting online that you use the same platform that you're going to be meeting the member of Congress on with your practice platform. Um, so again, that's another important element of thinking through ahead of time, what you wanna use as your virtual meeting setup. Um, we're, again, very familiar as CCRs with Zoom. So one of the big benefits that you have with Zoom is that your state coordinator um, or your regional coordinator, as Mindy can speak to too, has access to their own Zoom line. So you can coordinate with them, book that line ahead of time for practicing. If you have your own personal account, great too. Um, and again, if you have another platform um, that you and your team are more comfortable with, you're more than welcome to use that. Uh, but we especially want to establish early on what platform the member of Congress and their staffer would prefer to meet on and then really try to get consistent with meeting with that ahead of time. Um, also, you wanna obviously think through if you need support on that. Um, the biggest thing that we offer is a video conference security training, some best practices around how to make sure to minimize the threat of a Zoom bomber, if you will, or how to make sure that people feel comfortable conversant, muting and unmuting and joining from other locations. So all of that's available in the chat. Um, I just put a link to that training in particular. And if you have questions, especially on platform specific technology, one thing we always recommend is Googling the product name and then adding like a keyword like training or support. 
Um, but you're also welcome to use our support forums on CCL community too, um, if you have any questions after tonight. All right, so let's think through after you've assembled kind of um, who you're gonna have and start scheduled out the meeting, you figured out what the platform is that you're actually gonna be meeting on. Now you wanna think through some additional considerations in assembling your team. So especially right now, this is your reminder to think through who to bring on. It's important to understand that with um, prior lobby days, you know, prior to COVID, um, CCL headquarters actually scheduled the meetings all together in one aggregate kind of um, coordinated manner. Our director of congressional lobby days and liaisons, Amy Bennett, um, would put that out there and you would be assigned a time and a, a team really. But now I would say to our benefit, we really lean on our leaders to do that more so, so that you have more control and insight over who you'd like to have, and also being able to specify the timing, et cetera, of how kind of your um, schedule is gonna be coordinated. Uh, so just know that CCL trusts that you and your team knows your member of Congress best and can determine what you think is your best option for strengthening that relationship with your member or their staff. So with that being said, one of the things that we recommend sending in advance is the primary supporting ask that leave behind that you'll be mainly structured with your actual meeting. So these are items that we recommend thinking through in advance, sending to the scheduler or the legislative director, whoever you might be meeting with, so that they can see ahead of time and have a little bit more of a familiarity for what the actual content of the meeting will be focused on. You'll also want to, once you've scheduled that time with the office, think through and provide a list of who's coming, especially naming the consideration of any constituents. And you wanna think through specifically if there's any evidence of support um, that you're also hoping to generate and highlight in your meetings. Uh, I know, for example, the planning meeting that we just had, we're gonna show an amazing effort that one of our local volunteers had here in Northern Minnesota of publishing a letter to the editor in every county in Minnesota. So we're gonna deliver that in a little package to show this is support across the whole state. Whatever that looks like for you, if you've got uh, other actions, LTEs, um, constituent comment forms, you name it, um, think through in advance if you wanna show some of those in the email ahead of time that you're sending to the scheduler in advance. A couple of other considerations that we are recommending for special online considerations especially is a, it's really helpful, especially since you aren't going to be able to coordinate in person the day of, to set up a text group, uh, a group text to really think through um, if there's live time feedback that you wanna have privately with the whole group outside of the actual meeting where you can't interrupt what's happening. Um, that way people have practice, you know, kind of kicking each other under the table, if you will, to kind of say, hey, we're getting you know, late here, let's move on or pick up the pace or, hey, we haven't heard from Jim yet. Whatever it is, you've got a group text to kind of have those kind of conversations in private at the same time. Um, you also want to make sure as lead, if you're meeting virtually, you know, in person, we do the whole remind, hey, we're dressing professionally so that we look like we're serious about this, um, this issue and cause and we're treated professionally. Um, online, it's the same considerations, right? Um, so you want to make sure to remind your team to think through what their visual appearance is like. You want to make sure to remind everyone to minimize distractions that might interrupt them during the actual call. So muting their phones or setting them to vibrate, obviously, so they can still be part of the group text. Um, silence their computer notifications like you just heard from mine just a little bit ago. That was a little learning moment, right? 
um, and make sure that pets or kids or you know anything that may be interrupting them are taken care of ahead of time that they've got a plan for it. And again, just thinking through how they look on the camera with your practice meetings ahead of time, you can ask everyone to you know, practice looking at the camera as they're speaking, what their background's like so it's not messy. Again, how they can make sure that their audio and visuals are checked ahead of time so that you don't have any kind of connection glitches the day of. And you also wanna make sure to think through even how your name shows up in actual um, technology you're using. So is it first name, last name? Are you putting your, your cities as well? Are you putting your roles, your titles in your community, your preferred pronouns, uh, your favorite um, you know, appreciation for the member? You get creative, however you wanna use that name setting. Um, just make sure that you don't have people joining that say Terry's iPad or you know, whatever it might be, update and rename those names and practice that so you're professionally crisp on that point too. Um, I always, this is above and beyond maybe, but I always even had the best practice ahead of time of reminding everyone on your team to restart their computer ahead of the actual meeting and to have already downloaded the most recent version of Zoom, if that's the platform you're using or whatever it is so that they're up to date with whatever important updates that platform uses. Um, and if you're having connection trouble, you know, one of the go-to areas again to remind people of is turning off their video camera. Um, they can still have that connection then just with audio. Um, so again, all of this is helpful review ahead of time. The key thing too is just being flexible. Um, Mindy is going to go over some, you know, adaptive ways of consideration in just a little bit. Um, but I think that really is, you know, advanced planning makes for being able and uh, um, kind of more ready to respond in the moment. So you're not having to manage everything at once. You've already thought through a lot of this. And as lead, I also do recommend making sure to monitor your email or your texts, you know, for a couple of hours ahead of time the day of, just in case somebody's trying to get a hold of you with a final question or the office is having to reschedule, um, whatever it is that's going to be really important for you as a lead to kind of be on top of that communication with the rest of your team. Thanks, Brett. Um, so we've reviewed how to get your team planning process going. Now let's review some ideas for connecting and coordinating with your team. So once your team is firmed up, introduce yourself by email and call. Um, I really suggest a phone call. We're all getting more and more emails these days and a personal one-on-one -on -one phone call can help you as a lead connect and get to know each of your team members a bit more while also helping them feel welcome and more comfortable with what to expect. That's particularly if, if you're meeting, if your team members are people you don't already know. So ask which roles they prefer to fill. Um, if they're new to CCL, then it might be a good time to review and explain the importance of each role. And especially, like I said, if you don't know a volunteer, spending a few minutes getting to know them can help you determine what role might be a good one for them and also helps to build trust in each other. Um, send out an email introducing your team members to each other and ask them to choose from a list of dates for a planning meeting. As Brett said, you might use a doodle poll or some other way to help coordinate when you would do a practice meeting, um, as well as uh, making sure they know how to connect for your lobby meeting itself. And then in your email to the team, you can also include any relevant links that you think might help them to articles or information about the member of Congress whose office you're meeting with. Um, what about a format for those meetings? You can use CCL's um, meeting plan template as a guide to solicit, discuss, and prioritize everyone's ideas for the meeting. Um, key items to discuss 
include the appreciation, your primary goal for the meeting, your ask, a supporting ask if you feel you need one, and open-ended questions for your discussion. So you can also find additional planning guidance on the planning your lobby meeting training page. Yeah. So here are some suggestions for the ideal situation, but we realize many of us might be sometimes scrambling to get ready. So contact ahead of time is a good thing, especially if your meeting is in DC, being able to talk about it before you get there. All right, now I see a few suggestions coming in, recruiting other CCL members to join the meeting and drafting a general plan from the template. That's good. Um, we've gotten to, together on Zoom already. All right, that's great. And brainstorm strategy, primary ask, and how best to use the time of our member of Congress. That's great. Yeah. Always try to read through the last year or two of full meeting notes, which the liaison will receive or will have should have already received by now. Um, to get a sense of where things stand with this office, what's been tried before, and where we left things um, with the last meeting. In your planning, you can also ask someone who's been in one of those meetings if they're not joining this one to even give you some background. So if there's a meeting plan submitted by the liaison, you can review that meeting plan. Of course, if the liaison's already part of your meeting, they'll tell you themselves. So discuss the plan strategy or create one. Um, and as Brett mentioned, you know, Danny's suggestion is to email ahead of time the primary or supporting ask, the leave behind that you would give them. You can send that to them ahead of time um, instead of, um, as well as, you know, having a link to it while you're there in the meeting. Um, be sure you review with your team the concept of open-ended questions um, and the supporting ask when you would use it. So we use supporting asks to build additional support to work together when the office is not ready to, to respond to our primary ask. If not already specified in the meeting plan, then help the team to settle on that supporting ask. So as a lead, you want to facilitate the transitions. Like we said, you know, you're the conductor, um, either verbally or with body language cues. Um, in the case of virtual meetings, you might also use your text string for your team. Um, but a verbal cue could sound like, uh, Layla, would you like to tell, uh, would like to tell you why we're here today and what we're asking for? So you can actually say out loud, um, sometimes even reminding a, a team member that it was their turn um, to speak. So during the planning meeting, figure out how you will cue each other and how you as the leader will cue each of your team members. And it's also possible if you practice well enough, you may not even need those cues. So whatever feels right um, in the current situation, that's what you go ahead and do. Trust, trust your own feelings on this. Um, there are sample meeting outlines on CCL community. So you can uh, review those with your team, especially if you need other ideas for what to do. Um, make sure during your planning meeting that you assign roles. Um, look through those roles uh, that are part of the lobby meeting planning. And if your team settles into a plan that you and others feel good about, you're also welcome to um, email the maybe some of those bullet points of your agenda to the office ahead of time. Um, research that the Congressional Management Foundation has done in the past highlights that staff in, in the meeting appreciate being able to prepare resources and question responses ahead of time. It's not necessary 
Um, but if you want to do that, that can be a nice thing, especially with virtual meetings. Um, often the staff members are doing lots of meetings one after another, and they appreciate um, having something to refer to when they, when they actually meet with you. Uh, as the meeting lead, obviously you wanna make sure to encourage everyone to participate in the discussion. Um, and as a reminder, Mindy mentioned that lobbying 201 series training, you know, ahead of this one, um, it reviews all of the roles in more detail and really shows the demonstration of what actually a beginning, middle and end of a meeting looks like. Uh, but we just have them here on this slide again, if it's helpful for people to look through and uh, think about again, who on your team is gonna be best slotted for each of these specific roles and positions. If you have any specific recommendations um, you know, or questions tonight, we're definitely happy to field them, um, but I probably won't read all these out loud here because they're available also on community and that link to the 201 training that I put in. Um, so let's jump into specifically kind of the expressing leadership area. And what I'd like to do here is discuss some leadership considerations before, during, and then after your lobby meeting. So again, these are things that you can think through at any point, um, but let's kind of start from the pre-meeting huddle. So what you wanna do is, especially as you're gathering your team together, if you will, you wanna think through having an online pre-meeting huddle. Jane was kind of referencing, trying to set that up, obviously, um, you know, in Hart or wherever they may be um, on the Senate side of things here too. But you can also do that virtually. As a lead, you can do that, especially again, we'll use some of the Zoom language. If you've got a Zoom meeting set up, you can have an, a waiting room turned on so that you control who's showing up to the actual meeting and who's still in the waiting room and tell your team, hey, let's jump on 15, 20 minutes early. That way you can communicate, make sure everyone's showing up there and has the connection working, all of that. On that pre-meeting huddle, you can remind everyone to be relaxed, present, have fun, review roles, confirm anything that needs to shift around based on last minute changes, or ground people in the goals of your meeting and the primary asks again. And then again, just make sure everyone feels like they're in a place where they're not gonna be distracted and are centered on some of our key goals. Open-ended questions, talking less, listening more. So with that, um, I think that people will be ready to roll um, with that pre-meeting huddle. It's a great tone set. So now let's talk about what a meeting leader does during the actual meeting. And for that, I'll actually pass it back to you, Mindy. All right. One way to verbally signal a transition is to state it explicitly. Um, an example of that might sound like this. Congresswoman, I want to thank you for your recent efforts to protect your constituents from identity theft. That's a really important issue to us as well. Today, we're here to talk about another important topic. So Brett is going to let you know more about why we're here today and what we're seeking. So in this example, I explicitly transitioned to Brett and I actually gave him a little bit more of my sentence for him to pause for a moment and remember what it was that he's about to say. That's a perfect intro. And uh, we'll build in another example here towards the beginning of your meeting. Maybe it's your fourth meeting. You already know the member of Congress really well or the staffer. And in that case, you know, you've already grounded yourself in the purpose and you're moving from the appreciation into our primary ask. Um, so again, it might sound like this if this is a Republican member of Congress that you've got a good relationship already. Uh, Congressman, I wanna thank you for your support of the infrastructure package. 
Uh, while this plan makes climate-oriented investments, now is the time to take the biggest and boldest action possible to reduce emissions. We know that a price on carbon is the single most powerful tool to do so by reducing emissions. And we're going to continue to work to make certain that it's included in whatever climate legislation advances this year. So again, thinking about how you can make that transition from an appreciation directly into the main ask all seamlessly. And then from there, you've already stated your main purpose and can go into Q&A to discuss any further concerns or feedback from the office. And each meeting is different. So proceed in a way that feels comfortable and appropriate for your situation. Uh, be present and, and being a good listener are essential in determining which parts of the plan need to be scrapped. Here's an example demonstrating how you might transition from the discussion to the end of the meeting close. Congresswoman, I see that we are nearing the end of our time with you today. So we wanted to recap and clarify the main takeaways we have about the next steps we plan to take with your office following today's excellent meeting. Excellent. And as Mindy's demonstrated, a lead also needs to be able to bring that scenario back whenever it veers off course. So we have a whole training that's really geared towards that. It's lobbying through. Oh, I see Brett froze there for a second. Lobbying 301, um, handling difficult scenarios. Um, if you're curious about more examples, I'll encourage you to review that training, but we'll demonstrate just one um, situation. And I'll, I'll read both parts until we get Brett back again. Um, hey team, can you hear me? Uh, now we can hear you again. We're, we're set to use our example with you as the Congressman. Oh, right. Hey, perfect, uh, perfect demonstration of how technology is never perfect, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously one of the ways that we can highlight here, I'll play the Congressman and Mindy will be the volunteer. I might say something like the real ongoing challenge we face is healthcare in this country right now. We need deep-seated policy change given all the ways that our country is broken with access, astronomical costs, limited coverage, you name it. Thank you, Congressman, for raising your essential concern about reforms to healthcare. We hear you. And as an organization, we don't take a position on health policy. We do take a position on the positive health outcomes that will stem from our country placing a pollution fee on greenhouse gas emissions. This approach isn't just good for our climate, it's also, it will also improve the health of everyday Americans and prevent premature deaths by reducing pollution that Americans breathe. We know poor air quality alone leads to an estimated 114,000 US deaths each year and sickens thousands more. Would it be helpful for your office to connect you with a public health or healthcare professional from our district who's on the front lines addressing these negative health impacts? So you can see there how we shifted from, they mentioned healthcare, we tied it back into how healthcare is related to our particular topic without veering off the rails and getting into a policy that we're not here to talk about. So as a meeting leader, you'll do a lot of advanced planning and preparation, and that's all really important. But we can't let our plans and preparation uh, go on autopilot either. So we practice ahead of time, but you never know what scenarios will play out. Um, that's why we always need to be focused on what's being said in the moment. And as a team being ready to help each other respond to what we're actually hearing, not what we expect or think we heard. So as a meeting leader, you should recognize when it might be appropriate to diverge from your plan. 
we refer to this as situational awareness. It's the ability to perceive and understand what's happening in the moment and being able to react to challenges as they happen. So good situational awareness means you're not only listening to the words behind being, not, not only listening to the words being said, but also the tone of voice and the body language too. One of the benefits of having a team is that you don't have to pick up on a particular cue um, from your member of Congress or staff or one of your fellow lobbyists might. So it's important for your team to trust each other to speak up when they see something. All team members should be empowered to ask a follow-up question or redirect a derailed conversation. Excellent. So let's demonstrate a couple of those considerations. And uh, we'll kind of talk specifically about some empowering other decisions. Um, so obviously, as your team's goal is grounding in empowering others to be a part of participating in their democratic process to transform our government and the policies we're supporting around climate change, one of the ways that we can do that is by taking note who's not actually being heard. If someone's being too vocal, you know, taking note if there's a power dynamic going on in a meeting with one individual who, you know, inadvertently maybe even have been dominating the meeting. We like to think of lobbying as a team sport, and so it's our role as the lead to make sure that all voices are present and have that chance to be part of the meeting. Um, another thing that you can think through is the silent constituent. So you may choose, again, for this example, to find a way to cue them to speak, you know, or bring them again into the conversation with a verbal cue, such as something like, you know, Mindy, I'd like to just pause for a moment and see if there's anything that you'd like to add to that point. Whatever it is, use your own wording, invite people again that maybe haven't been directly participating to make sure that their voice is also included in the experience. And another element to think through is specifically the scenario if somebody is stumbling, right? So with all these transition examples, we encourage you to practice them out loud with your team so that it feels natural ahead of time so that in the heat of the moment, everyone's already you know, felt like, oh, okay, yeah, we know how to handle this if somebody is stumbling or if we need to bring in another voice that's been quiet. Um, if somebody says something that's flat out wrong, <laughs> um, rather than overtly correcting them, one of the ways that we recommend trying to approach something like that is, if I may, let me add to what Mindy was saying. You know, really building on directing rather than calling each other out, calling each other in to really kind of refining that conversation. Um, your team's obviously going to appreciate you for not correcting them or pointing out that they forgot something. And, um, you know, this is one last scenario we'll throw out there. This is, again, something that's helpful to think through ahead of time. It rarely happens. Um, but again, just to be prepared as meeting leads, if somebody in your team does get heated for whatever reason based on the dialogue, here's how that could play out. Um, I'll actually play the role of the angry volunteer and Mindy's going to swoop in here to play the team lead. All right, here I go. It's you guys in Congress that are stalling and making this worse. You idiots should step in and actually do something on climate for once. Congresswoman, obviously we are very passionate people and we're working very hard to get something done on time. So you were just saying that you think driving innovation should be front and center of any renewable energy agenda. Could we share with you more about what we've learned regarding this, uh, how, how this growing global trend towards accountability for carbon emissions actually creates an opportunity for America to capitalize on its competitive advantage? The, the size of your teams will vary from meeting to meeting um, and the format you're going to use will change with that. So if there are just two or three volunteers in a meeting, which might be true for our uh, in-person meetings, especially in DC this time around, 
um, then each person will need to fill one or more role. So if your meeting is uh, via telephone, which sometimes happens instead of Zoom, then you may not want more than uh, two or three people. If your team ends up being a larger group, it might mean some folks do not have to speak uh, that much outside of their initial brief personal story of introduction and maybe what concerns they've brought, have brought them to the meeting. As a leader, you want to acknowledge and appreciate them for that. But having additional people in the meeting whose role is to look pleasant and affirming their interest is important, even if they don't say much. Um, as a lead, it's key to help value them for being present. In fact, a few of our Senate meetings have experimented with supporter observers where a lot of CCL volunteers can support the lobby team by being present on Zoom with their camera on and being muted. Um, it just gives that feeling of that we have a lot more constituents um, that, are, that are concerned about this issue, even if there's not time for everyone to have a speaking role. So you may also run into a situation where only minutes ahead of time um, of the meeting, one of your team members texts you to pass on they're going to be late. Um, coming in late has a chance to significantly disrupt the meeting. So as a result, you should be clear with your team ahead of time um, that the only time you want a team member trying to join a meeting already in progress is if they're a constituent. That's really our recommendation. So otherwise, politely let your group know that coming in late will disrupt the meeting and that you'll fill them in on the meeting afterwards. And one way to do this with a Zoom meeting is to um, lock the meeting um, and make sure that your meeting, um, that the, that the uh, waiting room is turned on uh, as soon as the staff and member of Congress have, have arrived. Um, the final situation to review for meetings is when a volunteer or another unplanned attendee might show up for a meeting. Um, this again, if you've locked the meeting after the member of Congress and staff arrived, or, and also if you have a waiting room turned on, that can prevent someone from coming in that you weren't expecting. But if it happens, um, on Zoom, you're fully empower your team to make that decision um, to remove them from the meeting uh, if you don't know who they are and you don't want them to be there. So let's talk a little bit about um, debriefing the reading, meeting. Uh, immediately following your meeting, um, you'll want to do a debrief with your team. So you should have enough time between meetings, uh, even if you're doing in-person meetings, um, in that case, you can huddle outside in the hall, but make sure you go far enough around away from an office if you're meeting in person that they can't, uh, can't hear you. You might also have to do it outside with the way security is. They may be escorting you back to security um, right after your meeting. If you're on Zoom, you can either you know, stay on the line that you're on uh, after the member of Congress um, and, and or their staff have left the meeting. You can just tell your team to be sure and stay there, or you could set up a separate meeting ID that your team would switch to um, for debriefing the meeting. But most important is just during that debriefing time, the you as the meeting lead um, can be done talking about what went well, what, what opportunities were there for improvement, um, ask the note taker to read the notes back uh, so that you can add anything that anyone else observed and wants to make sure are part of the meeting notes. Um, also make sure that you look on what's on the back of the meeting form because there are a couple other 
sections that you want to make sure you've answered. And there's also even an important things to capture section. Um, as the leader, you should verify the plan for how follow-up is going to happen. Note who's going to do the follow-up and who will file the meeting minutes online. Those are really, really important. And how will you thank the office, whether it's through something online, such as maybe a kudo board um, or a thank you card, which could either be virtual um, or something that you actually do um, in person. I just put a link to that thank you card in the chat. We know that we're almost at time. So I just have this one last slide and then we'll go to Q&A. And if we go a little bit over the top of the hour, that's totally fine. Um, so the last thing that we want to make sure that as lead, you are still helping bird dog. Uh, you may not be the note taker, but you still are helpful and responsible for getting those meeting minutes submitted. Um, let's just take a quick look at the meeting minutes report tool. Outside of that tool itself, you know, this is also largely covered in another training that we have called how to take great notes on community. It's also in the working with Congress series, um, but you can log your meetings in our action tracker. And again, like Minnie mentioned, there is a great couple of sample examples for what some great notes looked like in the past. Both of those are in the chat. The note taker is one of those roles there assigned again to capture the details and then to submit them online afterwards. And we're doing online submittals, whether you're in person in DC or virtual. So we've gone are the days where we have paper and you know somebody else, an intern has to type them back in at CCL. All of it's online with the action tracker. Again, key reminders, they're confidential. They're not to be shared with anyone else outside of the lobby team and your regional coordinator. And again, this is because we're in the relationship building business. Any breach of these notes could ruin the trust that we've built up with the office. They're really important documents that help us build momentum. So as meeting lead, we ask you to review them a final time with your note taker to make sure that you feel good about the full capture of those details based on the debrief that Mindy just spoke about. And again, you can look on ahead of time the prompts those questions are going to be asking you for. So this is available on CCL community with a note-taking form, whether there was a legislative staff present or the member themselves, who else was present, the roster for your attendees with a C next to anyone that was a constituent. The note should emphasize the legislators' concerns and their comments and questions, not your own as well. And we're focused on a 50-50 split, at least, for them talking. We don't want to talk at them. We want to listen. So they should capture the number of open-ended questions we're asking, any endorsements or statements of support we've shown, and the follow-up tasks that we've generated. That's absolutely critical. If we've committed to something in the meeting, we need to deliver on it so that we can be reliable and held accountable to deepen that trust. And so with that, if you have any questions about the notes process, you're also more than welcome to email Amy Bennett, our CCL Director of Congressional Lobby Days and Liaisons, and her email's in the chat. And with that, a couple of quick final reminders. If you have attended this training, we have logging. Your training is an option now, so feel free to go to the bottom of the training page and click on that link to get credit in the action tracker to show us that you completed that training. And as well, you can also use the action tracker under chapter and volunteer development, click on training, and then type in the specific training name of the topic that you've attended that night and get credit that way as well. We hope that you found tonight's training useful and empowering. If you have any follow-up questions, you're more than welcome to use our forums. Here are Mindy and I's contact information. We would be honored to be in touch with you if we can help interface or provide any additional support. And in the words of Brene Brown, 
in a follow-up and a powerful closing quote, the connection that you get to lead as lobby meetings is that energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Thank you for building that with our members of Congress and your teams. We can't wait to hear all about how your meetings go. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.